This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Cardinal Zen was recently granted FaceTime with Francis, which was surprising when that news came out. The meeting was made possible by the unfortunate passing of Benedict XVI, whose funeral Cardinal Zen was permitted to attend by his captors. During his visit to Rome, he spoke with Francis, and he also spoke to Catholic media. He gave an interview to an Italian newspaper, which was then picked up by the National Catholic Register. The questions that Cardinal Zen was asked are interesting by themselves, but they also set the stage for our main topic today. More signaling is coming from not only Francis, but more broadly the Roman Curia itself and high-ranking cardinals in the Roman Curia that the Church is prepared to change to some degree the timeless teachings and unchangeable teachings of the Church on a certain sin that Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church is very, very interested in. Previously, Francis had said that the Church cannot bless sin, and he still refers to what we're talking about as sin. But unfortunately, he has downplayed the severity of the sin in question, to the point that it's actually become almost meaningless. It's part of a larger problem that we have in the church right now. The synod on synodality is very clearly preparing the church to make concessions to the secular world on non-negotiable issues. If this happens, it will be an absolute catastrophe for the church and for humanity more broadly. But let's start with Cardinal Zen to set the stage. The interview he gave was interesting because it gives a hint at what really passed with the death of Benedict XVI. Clearly, an age in the church has come to an end, and a new period has started. That old age was a very brief age, one where the church was trying to maintain some semblance of orthodoxy while opening itself to the world. That's all over now. Now, instead, the church is just embracing the values of the world. We stand on new, shaky ground, even shakier than it was before, and it seems that Cardinal Zen, in a way, recognizes it. He is asked by his interview about the death of Benedict and how it has reignited conflicts between traditionalists and, and progressives, that's what the interviewer calls them anyway, but really we're talking about a battle between traditionalists and just plain old modernists, and the question is framed in Archbishop Gonswein's latest book that caused a huge stir on this topic. Cardinal Zen responds by saying, quote, I haven't read the volume, Gonswein's book, yet, but I think it would be interesting. I agree with Archbishop Gonswein on the subject of the Latin Mass. The biased generalizations in Francis's Traditionis Custodis have hurt the hearts of many people. Reading the Modu Proprio and the Pope's letter to the bishops, one notices an easiness and a, quote, tendentivity in linking the desire to use the extraordinary form of the Mass with a negative judgment on the ordinary form of the Mass, or a tendency to link the refusal to accept liturgical reform with a total and profound reflection of the Second Vatican Council. Can't the anti-Ratzingerians of the Vatican wait patiently for the Tridentine Mass to die altogether with the death of Benedict XVI instead of humiliating him in this way? End quote. So Cardinal Zen is, of course, wrong on about the Mass, and Francis actually is recognizes it, and here's how he's wrong. The traditional liturgy of the church will never die on its own. It's growing, and with it is the growth among those who recognize that something has gone horribly wrong in the church in the last few decades since the council, and really since before the council. 
This is why when his interviewer asks if Francis will change his approach to traditionalists, Cardinal Zen's answer is actually important. He hopes Francis will change, but really, we should be concerned with the ongoing synod on synodality. Quote, I don't know, but I hope there is a change. We are very concerned about what could happen with the synod of bishops. And I fear that the synod is repeating the same mistake of the Dutch church of 50 years ago, when the bishops backtracked and accepted the faithful to lead the church. Then their number decreased. Let us pray that our Pope will have greater wisdom. End quote. So if you don't know, Cardinal Zen is referring to some changes to how the church is run by the Dutch some decades ago that set the stages for the changes Francis has made in basic parish and diocesan and even curial governance. The results were a disaster for the Dutch, with few attending Mass regularly and vocations in absolute freefall compared to the dire state of the rest of the Latin West. Things are pretty bad for the Dutch and the church. Cardinal Zed is asked whether Bergoglio should resign. And yes, he's asked that by the journalist, and he refers to Francis by his birth name, a practice that only really seems unusual to Americans, but is actually pretty normal outside the U.S. and has been for many, many, many decades. Anyway, on that question, Cardinal Zed says yes, if Francis has serious health issues, he should. And that Benedict set a good example for that. I'll actually disagree personally with him on that. A pope resigning due to poor health should never be normalized, and the pain caused to the church by Benedict's actions there are innumerable. And really, a pope who is suffering and failing health can be a wonderful symbol for us, an example for how we should treat those in that condition. Instead, he should, Francis should resign the her for heresy. Zen had a lot to say about the synod in a recent interview. Despite living in a jail cell, Cardinal Zen is well aware of events going on in the church, including the broader synod on synodality. And he has expressed worries that the synod is leading the church astray. He's very attentive, which is remarkable given his, his confinement situation. The Italian news site IT published the interview with Cardinal Zen under the provocative headline, Resignation, the Pope should do as Ratzinger. Of course, as I just said, that's a misleading headline, unfortunately. He said that Ratzinger is the model for a pope to resign who is in failing health. Not that Francis should resign the papacy, because Cardinal Zen doesn't actually say things like that. But that's what we've come to expect from shock attention-seeking media outlets. But a better reason for Francis to resign the papacy is, again, is sometimes open heresy and sometimes just flirting with heresy in public, usually with secular media. You all heard this story from late last week. That's the perfect example of this. Late last week, Francis provided news that you couldn't have missed, his claim that the sin that James Barton is extremely interested in, which is really weird for a priest, that sin that the Bible says cries out to heaven for justice, is not a crime. He did mention that it was a sin, but he likened it to a lack of charity, which is about as severe downplaying of the sinful nature of the act we're alluding to here as would be possible. It's also very tiresome, but it's part of a larger problem in the church at the moment. The Synod on Synodality is ongoing, and the documents produced by the Synod call for a softening or complete changing of the Church's teaching on that particular sin. Now, it's not only Francis sending signals about being open to changing the Church's teaching on that sin that cries out to heaven for justice, it's also the cardinals around him, including some very high-profile American ones. All of these occurrences have to be contributing to Cardinal Zen worrying about the synod on synodality. Here's an example. 
from Amer- headline from American Magazine, Cardinal McElroy on, quote, radical inclusion for the James Martin crowd, women and others in the Catholic Church. And that is a wowza of a statement right there when you break it down, and the implications as if the church isn't welcoming to everyone. Witnessing the church softening its tone to those who self-identify with Acts sacred scripture unequivocally calls sins that cry out to heaven for justice. I'm going to repeat that over and over again as much as I have to. This is all made possible by the synod on synodality. As I've reported before in the past year, consistently we see in virtually every diocese and bishops conference in the Western world, a lady demanding the church change her teachings on that topic and on that sin in particular. The work of James Martin and the work of the culture has worked, corrupting the minds of much of the laity. Cardinal McElroy apparently is no different. He wrote an article for America Magazine, which by itself is really telling, given America Magazine's uh, heretical stances on so many things, in which he, the Cardinal, cites the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops as calling for a change in how the Church addresses these sins and those who engage in them. From the article, quote, The report of the Synodal Dialogues from the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops points to an additional and distinct element of exclusion in the life of the Church. Those who are marginalized because uh, because circumstances in their own lives are experienced as impediments to full participation in the life of the Church. These include those who are divorced and remarried without a declaration of nullity from the Church, members of the uh, James Martin crowd, and those who are civilly married but have not been married in the church. These exclusions touch upon important teachings of the church about the Christian moral life, the commitments of marriage, and the meaning of the activities of the flesh for the disciple. It is very likely that discussions of all of these doctrinal questions will take place at the synodal meetings this fall and next year in Rome, but the exclusion of men and women because of their marital status or of their desires of the flesh and activities therein, is preeminently a pastoral question, not a doctrinal one. Giving our teachings on the flesh and marriage, how we should treat remarried or people of the James Martin crowd in the life of the church, especially regarding questions of the Eucharist. Enlarge the space of your tent cites a contribution from the Catholic Church of England and Wales, which provides a guidepost for responding to this pastoral dilemma quoting that document from England and Wales. The dream is of a church that more fully lives a Christological paradox, boldly proclaiming its authentic teaching while at the same time offering a witness of radical inclusion and acceptance through its pastoral and discerning accompaniment. In other words, the church is called to proclaim the fullness of its teaching while offering a witness of sustained inclusion in its pastoral practice. And, quote, a lot of jargon, a lot of long words. But the only way to make the church more welcoming for those who live a narcissistic life, the way that McElroy is calling for here is simple because that's what we're talking about. The church would have to stop preaching the truth about the way those who engage in such activities live. It's as simple as that. The church would have to stop admitting that scripture is right and that such sins offend God more than most other sins, that they cry out to heaven for vengeance, and instead continue to downplay them, until calling them sinful is simply meaningless, like we saw with Francis at his recent interview, where, which he told secular media that 
these sins are not really that different than a person displaying a lack of charity. It's evil. And what makes it worse is that it's a kind of evil the world loves. It's a kind of evil that makes its inroads in the church by relying on the tendency of Christians to be nice in the modern world instead of proclaiming the truth. We all want to get along, and we just go along to get along because it's easier. But I, for one, tire of being nice. Our Lord wasn't nice. He spoke the truth even and especially when it was unpopular. It's long since time for the bishops of the church to act Christ-like again. I'll revisit that article in the coming days because there's a whole lot said in there that's ridiculous. Cardinal McElroy lays out a whole program that really il illustrates why Cardinal Zen is right to be worried about the synod on synodality, even from his confinement in his homeland, where he would have ample opportunity to worry about other more material and more immediate problems. He could turn inward, but like anyone else seeking holiness, he thinks less of his own situation and more about the church, which is a sign of hope that we should all emulate. I am curious, though. What did you think of this? So let me know what you thought of all this in the comments. Is Cardinal Zen right to be worried about the synod on synodality? Do you think that, that Francis isn't really going to change the church's teaching? He's just going to continue to emphasize being nice. And he's not really going to change the church's teaching. Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. As does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.